Fort Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. Welcome back to Sports Charlotte, the podcast about sports in Charlotte. I am your host, Ashley Mahoney, and joining me today is longtime favorite and returning guest, Brandon Miller. Brandon, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Oh, it's a beautiful day in paradise. We're, you know, less than two weeks out from the start of the season, which I'm sure as a, a goalkeeper, you were anxious to get the USL championship season underway. Your 10th, in fact, if I am not mistaken. It is, yeah, my 10th year in the league. It's a big year. It is. I, I, I mean, I look back and think about, you know, starting out and where I'm at now. So I'm you know, happy to be still doing this. And you're doing it, and you're doing it for, you know, hometown club that a decade ago didn't exist. But, hey, you know, a lot can change in this game in a, a decade or a year for that matter. But today we're going to talk about something that is very much so tied to what happens on the pitch, but also has a lot to do with the culture of the game and just humans in general. And that is Anti-Racist Soccer Club, which launches on April 14th. So for those of you who will be listening to this after the fact. We're recording on the 13th. Can't believe we're talking two weeks into April, but here we are. So tell me a bit about the vision for this project and for people who are hearing about it for the first time. What exactly is the project? Um, so it's basically just an organization um, that, that was formed uh, recently to uh, – we want to use it to, to educate. We want to use it to – you know, to help give people a guide, uh, specifically clubs, soccer clubs, um, that may not know exactly what to do, how to do it. Um, in terms of just specifically on, on racial issues, um, within our sport and within their communities. Uh, I, I know just for myself, um, over the past year, I've had a lot of people asking, what can I do? How, you know, how can I get educated? What, you know, what can we do to help? And so now we want to build a framework for individuals, for clubs, organizations to understand what exactly it means to be anti-racist versus just, you know, saying no to racism. Um, and then how they can, you know, impact their communities and specifically their clubs and build a framework so that they can then build a culture that will be, um, you know, anti-racist in, in nature. Um, so that, that's our mission. Um, not only, you know, we're going to have a 10 point plan, um, that we, that we want all of our clubs that, that participate, um, in our organization to, to adhere to. And within that 10 point plan, we'll have different, you know, different objectives and, and hold those clubs to those standards. Uh, so it can better uh, benefit their organization and their communities. And, and with that, we want to have, we're working with, um, a couple of different organizations to build out resources that will be readily available for individuals, fans, players, coaches, front office staff, things like that, um, to, to consistently educate themselves, educate, re-educate, learn, unlearn, um, as much as possible in order to, you know, really build the, the culture that around the United States, um, for, 
every league. And that's the biggest thing with anti-racist soccer club and the biggest reason why I want to be a part of it, why he wants is a part of it and why, I, you know, a lot of the board members are a part of it is because it's not just about one league. It's not just about the USL or the MLS and WSL. It's, a, it's about soccer in general in this country. And so with a, a standalone organization like this, we can use it to hold to reach out to clubs in every league and also hold those clubs accountable, um, you know, as an independent group, as opposed to being tied to one league. Exactly. And like you said, you, you are a part of the, uh, the founding members and executive member of the USL black players Alliance. And like you said, that is specific to a league and you have other organizations who are in the various leagues throughout the uh, the American soccer pyramid on both the men's and the women's side but seeing this come together you mentioned Hugh Roberts fellow teammate fellow advocate and individual who's part of founding the USL BPA how did the uh, the genesis for this come about i know the not to spend all of our conversation on the USL BPA but that kind of emerged during a conversation during one of Hughes' podcasts, Backyard Footy. How did this particular organization emerge? Well, Bilal Saeed, who was uh, the chairman for AFC Ann Arbor, reached out to Hugh um, and when he when he heard about what we're doing with the Black Players Alliance. And he's been a huge help with a lot of the stuff that we've done with the Black Players Alliance behind the scenes. Um, you know, he doesn't get enough credit for everything that he's done and he's not looking for it. Um, but he, you know, he's been instrumental in helping us get a, a website um, up and helping us put put out a lot of the content that we've been able to do. And so, um, you know, his he, he came he came to us and said, hey, I think, you know, the issues aren't just in the USL, right? And so, how can we build something that's going to impact other leagues um, as well as the USL? And uh, and you know, being able to tap into the women's side of the game at every level, the men's side of the game at every single level. And it's not just for professional teams. This is, this can be for youth clubs as well. Um, because they're a massive part of the soccer pyramid here in the United States as well. So he, you know, he came, came to us with the idea of doing something, you know, larger than just the USL. And, you know, I'm, I'm all about a project. So I, I enjoyed that. You certainly have several projects going on right now, whether you're talking about, I mean, for those of you who are listening, you won't be able to see this, but those of you who end up watching the recording of this podcast, you'll see that you're wearing a prime focus goalkeeper shirt, which is, of course, your brand, and you have that going on. You are a professional athlete. You are an advocate here in the city of Charlotte, in addition to also being involved with um a number of projects, first nine investors, if I am not mistaken, with first uh, 11. First first 11. 11. I was thinking, I was like, nine doesn't sound right. Nine definitely doesn't sound right. And journalists, hey, we like to say that we get everything right, but as you can see, we're human. Sometimes we get things wrong. So first 11 yeah. investors, and there's, there's so many things that you are juggling at this particular moment. How are you finding time to, to do it all? And I know that as we, we say this, it's a Tuesday. And it feels like this week has been a year in a good way, but it also feels like there's a lot that has happened in the first few days of this week. And it seems like every week is like that for you. There's just so much going on at once. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly learning on how to 
uh, manage my time, how to better manage my time, how to prioritize things, and how to outsource when when needed. So that's actually what I'm working on right now. When I get off, you know, get off the podcast with you, I'm going straight to to looking at um, potential people that can help me in other aspects of my business um, and, and bringing them on and into the fold. And um, it's just about you know prioritizing what what needs to get done and then just getting it done. Uh, you know, a lot of times I'll catch myself saying, Oh, I need to get this done. And it may take two or three days as opposed to just, you know, getting it done. So, um, I've just got to be better at that. And so I've, I've learned a lot about that over the past year with everything I've taken on. In addition to that, it, gearing back toward the, the announcement and the, the decision to be involved with the anti-racist soccer club and the work that they'll be doing, you mentioned the 10 point plan. Not to give everything away before the launch, but what exactly does it consist of and what what are some things that people should be looking for as everything continues to unfold with this? Uh, I mean, a lot of it is just the commitment to to the community and investing in the community and the people in the community that, you know, a lot of times you'll see that are used for, for marketing but aren't really invested in um, beyond, you know, a face on a, on a campaign. Uh, so, you know, a commitment to, to small, to minority small businesses, um, and then doing more with them, um, a commitment to, to, uh, more access for, for youth soccer players of all colors, um, and doing it in a way that, um, isn't so much, you know, a marketing ploy, but literally just, getting into these communities and, and building relationships and, and building the infrastructure that's necessary, not just for, you know, today or tomorrow, but that can last um, beyond, you know, what we're trying to do right now. So, um, the, you know, I don't want to give away too much. It'll, it'll all be live on Wednesday, but um, the, that, the, that's a lot of the mission is, is really in getting these clubs to commit to investing in their communities a lot more. Especially, I know that's something that you've pushed really hard for over the course of your career, especially over the last year. And there have been community clinics with the Charlotte Independence and tying in, you know, their youth club that touches over 10,000 youth players, as well as getting access for kids who may not necessarily have as much access in other parts of the city because Charlotte, very, uh, I know that New York will laugh and scoff and say Charlotte's not a large city, but compared to plenty of places in the state of North Carolina, Charlotte is a fairly large city with very diverse demographics and not everyone here in the city has access to being able to, one, commit to the demands of a youth schedule, let alone the financial implications of being in that boat. But as you you look over the last year, and again, this time last year, USL Championship was on pause, MLS was on pause, everyone was kind of in that pause holding pattern. But no, I don't think anyone knew how much things would change over the next several months, not only from the on the field standpoint of having play resume, a condensed season and so forth, but the social justice ramifications and all of that that would come to the forefront. And particularly with you and Hugh Roberts, who we've mentioned several times on this podcast, and who's been a guest on this podcast several times, but the work that the two of you have done in the Charlotte community, where do you see things now versus where they were a year ago, specifically for yourself? Um, I mean, 
more in general, I think there's, there's definitely a lot more awareness. I've definitely noticed, um, just for myself, the, the soccer community specifically here in Charlotte, I feel like it's connected a lot more, um, because, you know, we've realized whether it's the soccer players or the fans, it's about a lot more than just soccer, right? And so we're all a part of this community and we all have, uh, you know, an obligation to, to do better in this community. And I think that a lot of the, specifically the fans have been great in supporting a lot of the initiatives I'm doing, a lot of the initiatives Hugh's doing. Um, you know, you saw that just this past weekend, the, the number of fans that went out with you to support Block Love, like things like that are amazing to me. Um, and that's just what I've seen over the past year that the, the soccer community embrace everything that we're trying to do, regardless of if you're a Charlotte FC fan, a Stumptown fan, an Independence fan. Like, it, you know, you, you let that go and, and, and realize that like, it's about more than, than just the game on the field. And so I think that has been the biggest change I've noticed and just noticing like how impactful we can be in bringing people together and, and making an impact. Um, that's, that's the biggest thing for me. Well, as year 10 ramps up, are there any goals that you've set? Will there be the continued fundraising component with, you know, a clean sheet or X number of saves happens to be equal to a donation or pledge from people to Toward Heal Charlotte or any other nonprofit? Absolutely. I mean, I will definitely be doing that again every single game. Um, and I, I uh, partnered with, with uh, a company called Engage and they're helping me run a, a number of sweepstakes ones that we're doing. One we're doing right now for the signed jersey and signed soccer ball and, um, you know, a Zoom call with me. Like we're doing, we're doing that to raise money right now. Um, we're going to be doing one come early July, I believe. Um, but I'll keep the details of that one a little quiet right now, um, but I'm pretty excited about that one. That'll, that'll be exciting. So yeah, there's a, there's a number of, a uh, number of things that we're going to be doing to raise money. Um, so yeah. You know, just be announcing those over the next few weeks, months, throughout the season. Fantastic. Well, hey, as season 10 kicks off for you, much success. It's been a pleasure covering your career over, you know, five, I'd say the better part of it from afar and now from, from nearby when you were playing for, uh, I'm sure you remember all the delightful chants from Jack's Militia and the, the QC Royals. And, never and forget that. yes, they, they've certainly had a lot of uh, creativity, one would say over, over the years, but it'll be exciting to see where things head for you. It'll be nice to see everybody down at Memorial Stadium, American Legion Memorial Stadium, if I'm being proper about it. And I say that mostly because it is a significantly shorter drive for a lot of us. Not not that we're biased about how far we want to drive after it's all said and done on Saturday night. But, you know, that shorter drive is always top notch. So, Brandon, I appreciate you coming on the podcast with me today. And as always, make sure that you head over to thecharlottepost.com where you can see all sorts of your favorite community news, especially if you head over to our QCFC tab, you will find everything from Charlotte 49ers men's and women's soccer to Stumptown to the Independence to Charlotte FC and a little bit of everything in between because if there's soccer in Charlotte, there's a good chance that we're writing about it. So until next time, Brandon, appreciate you. Have you on again soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved.